Hey, it's Nick. We got a good episode this week. I launched a new sofa collection. So excited to talk about that. James also talks about some coffee news. And we got some like legit juicy design news this week. Our topic of the week is we rank the design of video game consoles from the classics all the way to modern day. It's a long one. We got a little carried away, but I think you all enjoy it. As always, you can email us questions at minordealspodcast at gmail.com. I believe we're going to compile all the questions and do a question episode, so make sure you send it in uh, if you want to be in that episode. Also, you guys know the deal. Give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Leave a comment on YouTube, too. Tell us how we did. Uh, and share with a friend. Word of mouth. And as always, let's hear that amazing intro by Kyoshi the Kid. I'm Nick. And I'm James. And we're two designers in the big city. Sweating the small stuff. Oh man, James. You're hey. Not, you're not going to be in the big city anymore. No, I'm not going to be in the big sweaty. <laughs> in the big, <laughs> big sweaty. I'm not going to be in the big sweaty anymore. <sighs> I'm going to move into the sweat, sweatsburgs. Oh man. To the suburbs. I mean. Uh, of Philadelphia though. You'll be close to a big city. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'll be sweating. I'll be sweating larger stuff, honestly. <clears throat> yeah, you got. I know you got. You're doing big boy things in your life, looking, <laughs> looking for houses and. Yeah, trying to uh, adult, doing doing that adult thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I'm be- I'm becoming an adult today too. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> big three O man. Oh my gosh! Happy <laughs> birthday, Nicholas. <laughs> Over the hill. That's what I like to say. <laughs> Not the car you drive. <laughs> Listen, I think uh, if you just imagine yourself going at 60, then every year after 60 is like a nice little surprise. If you imagine yourself going at 60? Yeah, no, oh, sorry, sorry. Like passing like away. Like dying <laughs> at 60. You imagine I was yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was like. You envision yourself dying at 60? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Thir- Being swallowed by a sofa <laughs> of your own making? Um, have there been any famous designers who have died at the hands of their own products? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, there really just hasn't been, I feel like there's just not enough famous designers for any freak accidents (laughs) to happen, you know, they all, they all just pass away in their sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's like inventors and yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like scientists or inventors where they'll take some drug or like get electrocuted or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, you I could like be the first Nick. <laughs> yeah, I could be the first. How should I go? Just like on the table. Strapped down. <laughs> strapped. Get, get us, get one of the ratchet you straps around my, fully strapped around my legs. And then the moving truck just runs away with me. Just dragging me behind. <laughs> Drawn and quartered. Jeez. Jeez, Nick. <laughs> All right. Maybe not. So, Yeah. But that's exciting. How do you feel? How do you feel as a 30-year-old? New decade, man. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, man. I mean, you know, it's always fun to, like, take a look back and see how far you've come. 
Mm-hmm. I think I saw this quote somewhere that's like, remember that there was a kid that wanted what you have right now so much. Mm. Um, and I think that applies to almost any stage of life. It's like, make sure you're grateful for what you have right now. Yeah. Um, and take it in. So, yeah, that's a good reflective day. Yeah. And uh, you also birthed uh, <laughs> a sofa. A sofa. A, <laughs> a sofa baby. Congratulations yeah, on that. Super excited. Uh, launched the Days collection, um, which I do want to kind of just talk about a little bit because it's, it's my first production furniture line. Yeah. Um, I had, I think it was a couple of years ago, was at Milan Design Week, and I had some friends who lived in Poland, so I was meeting up with them and met a new friend, Wojtek. Uh, and I... I would try to pronounce Wojtek's full name, but it's it's a tough one, so I'll just leave it at Wojtek because I know that one. Um, and you know, Wojtek is a, a Polish designer uh, of Sedno Studio, mm. and he was working with this company called Claire, and Claire is a pretty big furniture brand in Poland. Mm. Um, which, you know, when he told me about it, you know, I wasn't really familiar with it, but um, as I researched it more and kind of learned about it, it's like like pretty much the top brand in poland or one of the top brands so everyone in poland knows about claire um and he was doing uh he was kind of art directing a full line of products for them and a lot of their products were more classic styled more traditional styled and so claire wanted to kind of bring in some fresh blood bring in some young designers bring in some new uh, modern aesthetics into their company and so Wojtek was the lead on that and asked me to submit a collection. And of course, I was, you know, pumped. I was like, of course, yeah, I'd love to submit something. Um, and at the time, I was actually traveling. I believe this was during my sabbatical. Um, even though I wasn't supposed to be do- working, I was still, like, thinking about design. Um, you know, obviously thinking, like, what would make the perfect sofa? And, of course, I just was like... I want to feel like laying on clouds um, and was sketching out different ideas. And I did have some other concepts that I pitched, but you know, the cloud concept was my personal favorite. And then also the one they picked, which is always nice. Nice. Um, And so the idea was I imagined this big kind of fabric balloon, this big kind of like puffy, organic shape floating away and then the metal legs of the sofa come down and kind of press down onto this big balloon fabric thing and it kind of wraps around the leg and Mm. you get this like perfect kind of angle of those two cushions meeting the bottom and the side and then the metal leg kind of holding it and anchoring it down to the ground nice um so that was that very kind of playful detail that i wanted to add to the the line of course it's you know it's a very simple kind of clean modern look and it's a very kind of archetypical sofa um but when you want to do something that's much more mass or consumer friendly you have to like tone it down a little bit make sure Mm. it's not too like crazy Mm -hmm. but i think i struck a really good balance of it being like playful enough with that little leg detail and also simple enough that it's you know a, a really inviting yeah collection that's awesome so yeah i don't know i'm i'm really proud of it like i've they launched it last september so it's been out and been selling for you know 
several months, um, but I wanted to really give it its due. And so I worked with uh, Derek Elliott on uh, the rendering and animation. The render king and the animation king. I'm sure, I'm sure maybe the listeners have seen it yet, but we'll put it up here and watch it right quick. Yeah, that part's good. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Motobene. (laughs) That is very nice. Um, I mean, it captures the story that you just told perfectly. Yeah. Um, I love, I mean, there's, uh, I love InDesign when elements of the design are reacting and responding to each other. And so that like detail where it feels like it's, you know, grabbing and sort of pulling. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I love that detail. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely, it, I think, you know, Derek and I worked on this animation for quite a while several months just getting it perfect um so yeah i mean big shout out to him because i know i was you know we, we we definitely worked on it a lot and there was a lot of back and forth and i was you know the the client in this scenario being being really uh, difficult but uh derek definitely nailed it um mm-hmm. and he he did all the still renders too which are beautiful like seeing all the fabric fuzz and everything and yeah i mean it's just like i, I know I'm, I'm super proud of how it turned out and also shout out to aaron kalupa did the sound gotta have great sound on a video so um, that's that's like that's your thing that's my thing the derek took that to heart <laughs> um the other thing i was gonna say i think someone had asked me um about the the inspiration did the inspiration come first or the story or the the design come first which i think is interesting and it kind of goes back to some of our past episodes where we were talking about um it's just our last episode wasn't it right i think we so. were talking about that kind of like like back sketching and and that kind of vibe of like do you go back and you change the story to fit the design um with this one specifically i mean i was traveling at the time the other th- the other fun fact about this one is i did it all, all in vr so i just had my quest headset in copenhagen and i just like whipped up a few concepts never even touched SOLIDWORKS with this project. Nice. Um, which is, you know, testament to, to VR becoming pretty uh, powerful. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, it was kind of a, kind of a dual inception thing. I think like in VR, you're playing with these organic forms and you're squishing them and you're pushing them together. And there was this kind of folding motion that I had. And then as it folded, it kind of created this crease which created this perfect moment for the leg, which kind of inspired the story. Um, and then you can kind of build off of that. I think originally, so if you look on Claire's website, you can see the sofa, f- photos of the sofa. So this is actual photos, not renders. Um, and we made it red. I wanted something bold, especially just kind of launching it. And the the red also had a story of kind of a hot air balloon, mm-hmm. kind of this red balloon in the sky. And mm. so Derek and I played with that a little bit of 
should we go with the balloon story or should we go with the cloud story? And so, you know, after thinking about it, I was like, well, I think maybe the cloud has a bit more like soft, like, I don't know, invitingness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the red's very bold, but there's also a certain angle to it, especially when I see the red one where it almost looks like a heart, like, mm-hmm. or just like when, where the two cushions are coming together, kind oh, of like I creates that. that heart shape. So I think that that's like also just a nice little thing. Um, happy accident perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's really cool. And I also visited, uh, the Claire factory. Uh, I guess it was, it's a little more than a year ago now. I think it was in January in, in Poland, which I can't remember if we talked about on the pod or not. I think, I don't even know if we were doing yeah. the pod at that time, but, um, are they bankrolling your Greenpoint studio being that <laughs> they're the, the Polish company is out here. Give me the, the Polish neighbor, the, the traditionally Polish neighborhood of Greenpoint. I wish, you know, what was funny is, uh, we were in, Oh, I don't, I forget the name. The problem with the problem with Polish city names is just all Warsaw. Names. Yeah. I, that's the only that's one I Warsaw know. And then Krakow. Oh yeah. Uh, which are pronounced, uh, Warsaw and Krakow, but, mm. uh, the city we were in was not neither of those. It was actually a coal mining town. Um, hmm. I th- the funny thing that was interesting about Poland to me was, I think I think I've already talked about this, but it kind of reminded me of Kentucky. Huh. I think it was just all the coal. Okay. You know, Kentucky has a lot of coal, and it just kind of reminded me of that. It wasn't you know, and, the fried chicken. No. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I can't remember if they had fried chicken or not. I'm sure they did. <laughs> Every place has fried chicken. <laughs> um, there was a bar. In Poland, called Greenpoint. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Inspired by Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Interesting. Um, so I thought that was a funny little... Did everybody have handlebar mustaches? And... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, that's, I mean, that's a bit passe in, in Brooklyn nowadays, but... Yeah, no more hipsters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they all moved to Dime Square. I guess so. <clears throat> but um, that's awesome. Lots yeah. Of, lots of cool news. Lots of cool design news for Nick Baker. Yeah, it's been, it's been a busy uh, couple of weeks for sure, um, but great couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess it's like, it's fun to launch it on my birthday, 30th birthday to like kind of solidify that statement of, hey, I, I'm here now. Like this is, yeah. this is a big thing. Yeah. Turning a decade, kind of reaching a point in my career where I'm very pleased with it, it so far. So it's awesome. Um, yeah. Excited about it. And yeah, shout out to everyone that worked on it, Wojtek, the whole Claire team. I mean, they have a beautiful prototyping lab, some very talented, you know, prototyping people there that crafted a bunch of the prototypes that we looked at. And of course they have a full factory of people working. So cool. What kind of a run will it have? Like how many, how many pieces will they make? Uh, there is, there's a modular system. So there's a corner there's a L piece or not an L piece, but a side piece. Um, and then there is a not modular sofa and a not modular chair and a not modular arm or ottoman. So what is that? Five pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so nice. yeah, I think I could look at the thing again, but Oh, there's actually two, two, <laughs> some of this too. This is part of the interesting part of the design process is I created the, concept and gravity sketch and i refined it a little bit after they selected it and kind of tweaked some of the dimensions and you know worked with them on how it would actually a lot of the part the, a lot of the dif- difficulty was getting that very bulbous shape it's a very difficult thing mm. to achieve with um fabric 
because fabric kind of just wants to fold and crease. Um, so we had to add these seams on the corners, which you mm. can kind of see. But they did a great job of kind of hiding it and really sculpting the chair. I mean, yeah. very impressive work. Yeah. Um, and Claire is, is, or Claire is K-L-E-R. Right. It's For not anybody listening. It's not Claire's down yeah. at the mall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get an uh, earring and you can get <laughs> Nick's sofa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, every everything, <laughs> all the names in, Pol- <laughs> in, in Poland are... If you imagine how they're spelled, they're spelled completely opposite. That's how, they, that, that's how it works. Um, uh, but I had just sent over the final gravity sketch design. I think I had only done the sofa and the armchair. Maybe I did an L version. But they kind of they took it and ran. They they did a great job kind of coming up with the corner piece. Um, you know, I didn't really do much of the kind of technical work on it. So I was yeah. really just kind of the visionary Looks side great. of things. Um, so yeah, super pumped about it, but yeah, I'm excited. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that. I know it was, I'm kind of rambling on about it, but it was like, it's like it, a big thing for me. Yeah. You know? So it's worth rambling about what else we got here. James, you got some coffee news. Oh, I got coffee news. <laughs> uh, fellow just released a new grinder. Okay. So I currently have their ode grinder, which is like their f- flagship. Um, you know, automatic grinder. It's the Ode grinder is specifically for like pour over to AeroPress grind size. Okay, so, so it doesn't. Does it have a burr grinder or is it a? Blade? It's a. I think it's like called like a flat grinder. Oh, interesting. It's okay. not. Yeah, it's not quite. I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I should definitely do more research before I start talking <laughs> about this stuff. But okay. it's um. People gonna look it up. Yeah. I mean, but, they, it's obviously a beautiful grinder. It's like this very like rectilinear mo- modern. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, so this was, this was like the grinder, you know, for a while and obviously like beautifully designed grinder, very sort of like brutalist in a way. Yeah. It's a, it's that square. It's almost got a teenage engineering vibe to it. Yeah. And it's like, it's this big cantilever, um, and I'm pretty sure it was done by I think Branch. Okay. The, I, think, I think they do most of yeah. of Fellows design work. And from what I understand of Branch and their process, like they are very um very focused on sort of like the the silhouette and like sort of the orthos of their mm, products. Interesting. Like they work this is this is what I understand of like third hand people who have worked with with Branch, um, uh, is that yeah they do a lot of like sort of like orthographic drawing, and they're like really looking for that sort of like iconic silhouette, um, and I think that they've like succeeded if you look at it's Branch Creative on on Instagram, I think that they've succeeded with a lot of the fellow products obviously like. The kettle, right? Is Kettle's super, definitely iconic. It's super sure. iconic. I think the grinder, the ode grinder, is is super iconic as well. Like they have this, they have this image on their page. Like oh, I think it's a literal silhouette. It's a black and white. Yeah, I don't know if this is Illustrator. I don't know if silhouette. this is like their, you know, if this is an artifact of the process, but this is just what I understand of like the way that they work. Um, and so wait where's branch located they're in san francisco um but 
Yeah, they've done a lot of work for Doris Dev. They've done a bunch of work for, um, obviously, Fellow. Mm -hmm. So recently, uh, Fellow just came out with a new grinder, um, which it's called... Wait, the the name just came up. Um, And I have it here. Come on. Fellow... This is Gen two. Cool. This is great, great this is called radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is oh, it's uh, the Opus. Oh, interesting. And so Opus is a grinder that is capable of of like um, of espresso grind as well as I think pour over and everything. And again, it goes for like very brutalist, like iconic. I mean. You look at it and there's there's just like so much of it that's sort of like you have Very a lot you shapes. have alignment you've you've got like there's this sort of um column in the back this sort of like squared off rectilinear column that runs right into like the like the grinder area mm-hmm. which is a cylinder but like where the top of that column ends is where like the transparency begins for the for the cylinder I think the the like the catch cup is the same width as that column in the back. Mm. Like there's just like a lot of really beautiful relationships there, but yeah, I think it's like it's a t- sub $200 grinder, which is, you know, pretty remarkable. Like there's there's actually it is interesting right now there is I would say this sort of um this sort of like coffee war, you know, there's just like all these different companies. What's the coffee war? <laughs> I need to know this. I need to know the niche coffee. War. No, I mean, I don't know. Like this is just like my, I am so just like tip of the iceberg, right, right, right. but also there's a company called time more who just released a grinder on Kickstarter. And like they're, they're known for their like hand grinders for their like manual grinders. Mm. And it's interesting because they're, their grinder that they just released, I feel like is very fellowish um, and not quite as successful. Like there's, there's some nice things going on there, but then like there's something about the base of this grinder that really bothers me. Yeah. Th- there's like, I feel like there's always this thing with like coffee machines and coffee aesthetics. Like they're never quite right or something. <laughs> like I feel like fellow kind of gets the closest yeah. and Breville you know, Breville is like that very industrial design yeah. appliancey. Fellow is a little bit more, I don't know. Like it, New Age Brawn or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, it. just like this like brutalist sort of vibe. Primitive shapes. And so there's there's a couple companies, Time More. There's a, com- there's a small company called Niche that has, a, that has a grinder that's like, it's got its own character, much more like, much more character driven. Um, and then, uh, but like, I think it overuse, I think it overuses wood as an accent in it. This, not, I don't want to, this just, I just look at this. It's very Italian. Yeah. Me. Very Italian. It kind of reminds me of like a 2001 design. Mm. Uh, uh, hopefully that's not an insult, <laughs> but it's just, I, I feel like I could see this like walking into, it just reminds me of, I, I almost want to say like walking into school and seeing a design that someone had done for their capstone project in like the showcase. Yeah. Yeah. It's very swooshy. There's a lot of swooshes going on for this niche, the niche zero or the niche coffee grinder. Yeah. Um, So there's, I don't know. There's just like ton, there's tons of grinders entering the market. Like 
this is this, again like my history on coffee is very recent so I don't know if this is always the case, but it does feel like there's a lot more niche. Like there's a lot more <laughs> of these small companies that are coming out with, you know, with grinders, with um, also like all this like manual espresso makers, like the like sort of like right. hand. With the press. Yeah, the press. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Fellow is kind of, they're the kind of teenage engineering, like Apple, yeah. of the coffee world and it is exciting when they come out with something new and yeah it's just like it's a nice design it's very simple yeah it's it's simple but I, well executed i think it's like you know fairly iconic it's interesting that they started out i don't know what came first because if originally their first kettle i think was just stovetop and then they came out with the electric kettle but all of them are just like these perfect like perfectly like rectilinear bases mm. and it's it's almost it's almost a like to me it feels very much in mind of like okay your your interior space your countertop like organizing all of your mm. fellow products all your coffee products like lego pieces yeah just so knolled perfectly <laughs> um but yeah so I, I saw that and I was immediately, I had just gotten an ode cause like I've been doing a lot of air pressing, but I would like to get into like espresso fairly soon. And I was just like, like, well now I got to sell my ode grinder or something <laughs> get and get, get this one. Are you going to get a new espresso machine too? Uh, yeah, we don't have an espresso sh machine at the moment. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be what, cool if Ode... I think if Ode made an espresso machine... Or Fellow. Sorry, Fellow made an espresso machine, it would be beautiful. It seems like that might be the next Because they're step. making a grinder for espresso. They, yeah. But it's hard to say because they also... It also feels like they are providing premium accessories to, like, established mm. ways of coffee making. Like they're not necessarily, although they do have their own French press, um, they have their own pour over. I think it's they gotta so do one. They gotta. I, I think. I, yeah, I mean, I, it feels like the inevitable next step. Yeah, um, for sure. And so, like, yeah, I'm gonna like end up buying an espresso machine, and then they're gonna come out <laughs> with their beautiful brutalist espresso machine, and I'm gonna like throw throw my espresso machine against the wall. Um, but yeah, so just like. I don't know, just a, a company that's doing really beautiful design work and in like an area. It just, it does feel like coffee in recent years has become this like, you know, this uh, more widely adopted hobby of like- Yeah, a hobby, that's what of, I would say. Of like artisanal coffee making. Right. It's like not even a food anymore, it's just a hobby now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I really enjoy making my espresso in the morning too. Yeah. So, anyway, we got some other design news, James. Yes, and I don't know how much how much we can really go into it. I don't really know all the details, but this is like actual design news. This is like actual journalism news. You know, like <laughs> this is like how deep how deep are you in how deep are you I in am here? Not, I am not deep at all, but I do. Um, I obviously like follow this company closely, and so have been reading about it, um, but. I think it, we've probably talked about it before, but there's this company called Dim's Home, 
Okay. Which is a furniture company. I guess they kind of branded themselves as new century modern. Mm. So they had kind of a very modern uh, aesthetic with like a mid-century flair that they called new century modern. Um, And they worked with a lot of cool designers like, you know, Visibility Studio when they were around and um, uh, Stinney for the Clio chair. Uh, they, They did a bunch of really kind of cool trendy pieces and I was a big fan of their work Um, and you know over the past two years or so they've kind of gone more quiet there was like a break period where they stopped posting on social media and just recently this past month they posted on Instagram it just says Dims is dead And then they say, but also the Clio chair has been revived with a new brand, which was like surprising to me. I was like, oh, it, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of brand just posts that their brand is dead? It's like, <laughs> very interesting. And then I think maybe like a day later, they posted an Instagram post that was like, oh, and this is, I also noticed maybe last month I like tried to go to their website. Website was gone. Mm. Not even that it didn't even like redirect to anything. It just like four or four website not found. Just went dim. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So this this post that they posted the other day says, "Hey everyone, as most of you know, dims went the way of the dodo. <laughs> this is sad and confusing and generally heartbreaking, especially for those who had your money stolen by he who shall not be named." If you have questions or concerns Voldemort. or want to, yeah, want to learn more, please reach out to, uh, I'm not going to say this person's name, but uh, redacted. Uh, and then they also say there's still some tables available if you want to purchase tables. This message will self-destruct in 24 hours. Uh, so that went to social media, um, which, you know, I don't, I can never just self-destruct on social media. But um, it is interesting because I also noticed maybe two years ago, Dims did a crowdfunding round where they raised a bunch of money. Mm. They raised, I want to say, uh, half a million dollars. Um, and I remember specifically looking at this crowdfunding uh, campaign because I was like, oh, I love this brand. Maybe I should invest something. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is on Republic, which is like a crowdfunding site. You know, I read through it. There's there's a lot of, you know, interesting kind of tidbits about how they work and stuff. Um, but there was something off. And it just, I was like, I don't know. I don't think this is the right investment to make. Um, you know, no, no, I'm not giving uh, financial advice here. But um, Well, it's too late anyway. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I obviously understand making a business with physical things is very difficult, way more difficult than doing stuff with software. Um, so it's, you need to be much more diligent around investing in a physical company. Um, but it was interesting. I mean, I don't know. You can kind of read it. The crowdfunding campaign is still up on the site. I encourage everyone to just go read through it and kind of just be interested in the economics of it. But yeah, I, I don't know the full story. I did reach out to the person that, was had their name redacted um you know not not too many details there other than apparently the ceo just fled the country because they couldn't pay their debts or something oh my Um, gosh so wow that's that's the alleged rumor nothing that's uh you know 
to be taken with uh, factual knowledge, but it's a uh, <laughs> interesting story. I don't want to get. I don't want to get in trouble. That's love, all I'm saying. <laughs> I just love how like just we we provide like hazy details. Like this this this, this podcast should be called Hazy Details. Uh, ha- hazy details. <laughs> it's like, you're like, I don't know what kind of grinders in there. It's something. Check out those cylinders. Yeah, uh, we should leave journalism up to the real, <laughs> real journalists, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's very sad because, yeah, I likewise, I saw Dims as being like a very cool, very interesting new furniture brand. Um, you know, like it seemed to be all about optimizing like it was almost a from what i remember it was almost something about like optimized for shipment and like designer furniture yeah i think uh, almost like an ikea but direct to consumer i think a big part of their um mission was cutting out this middle right middleman um which is a whole other conversation of direct to consumer realizing actually we do need physical stores and physical sales and mm. distributors and, and this whole ecosystem that's, you know, brick and mortar that's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, dims and dims was kind of this idea of, Hey, direct to consumer, we'll cut out the middleman. We'll, we'll give you the savings on the prices. Um, so, right. Yeah. I know it's, it's a, it's a sad thing. It's like, a, it's also a weird thing how they went just kind of this radio silence and then, their socials getting co-opted by the employees that you know <laughs> the ceo just not being able to control it i don't know it's it's a really interesting scenario but um yeah i know we'll see if any other things pan out from it but yeah what's the brand that the because i did notice i mm. the first thing that sort of alerted me to this was that the that i saw the clio chair being produced by another brand and i, I was like was wait what like, what happened in dims I think it's called like edit or something. Edit. Uh, let me look it up right quick. Edits. Is that the brand? Edits. Edits so is this, design. Is this a new brand started by the X Dims people? I believe this is an existing brand because they, okay. they have a few other pieces, but the edits must have picked up the Clio chair. It is interesting to see where all the other pieces are going to go. Um, yeah. You know, I, I asked the connection, like what, you know, what's going to happen with all the other designs. I don't, I, I don't think I got a straight answer, but it's, it is interesting. That's like the company dims dissolved and now the design can just get produced by another company without the CEO being around. I don't know. It's, it hmm. seems like a very haphazard kind of way to go, but, uh, yeah, but I'm glad the designers obviously can get their, other, their designs still made by other companies. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, there's there's your there's your real design news with hazy details. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh. All right, James, what the, we got a fun oh, topic of the week. Yeah. You've been waiting for this one. I have been waiting lay, for this lay, one. Lay the lay the law this down. This is this is not something that um like you know, this is something that I've thought about for a very long time. Even sort of like oh gosh, maybe like 9 nine or eight years ago, I've, I just have this fascination. Like, I feel like maybe we both grew up in, in sort of a time where 
you know, you had, I mean, I guess you still have the, okay, let me set this up a little bit better. We're talking about, hazy we're talking about game hazy consoles. Details. We are talking here about game consoles. Um, I feel like we both grew up during the like console war time. Right. I feel like the PlayStation the, versus Xbox, Xbox versus Nintendo. Nintendo third place always. <laughs> well, we can get is it. it? Is it though? Uh, I, um, I, I think like after becoming an industrial designer, I sort of like started to look back at some of these artifacts of like these, these gaming systems and just was very like curious about, um, you know, their sort of like distinct design languages, Mm -hmm. like, like what, how did they determine all these shapes? I mean, I haven't, again, hazy details. I haven't really necessarily researched like, and I don't know that there's even a lot out there to know about why they did certain things aesthetically or whatever they did ergonomically with the, with the controllers. But it's just like, I feel like it's a great territory to just kind of look back at all the video game consoles. At least maybe we can start with like, we could start with NES because you can even go before that. And there's some wild game consoles from before the NES, but like, I feel like that was the first other than I guess Atari is like sort of known as like one of the first mass adopted ones. But I feel like NES was like really ubiquitous. Uh, Yeah, I think, well, yeah, I mean, st- definitely going back too far, I feel like I my first console was PlayStation 1. Yeah. So I don't really remember the, the NES. I think my I think my neighbor maybe had one. Or maybe they had a Super NES. Okay. Super NES. Super NES. Well, no, that would... So that would have been the Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's... <laughs> so, I mean, I think like... So what I, I want to do here is just talk about the different consoles, I think from the N- NES on. Yeah, okay. And just talk about their design and like rank rate okay. the design. S tier versus yeah. F tier. Okay. Yeah. And maybe <laughs> maybe in post-production, I'll like post our tier list okay. afterwards. Don't give yourself too much work there. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> no, I'll just like post a screenshot <laughs> okay. of like okay. where okay. everything fell good. in the end. Um, but yeah, I remember like when I was in design school, I remember going home and grabbing the NES and grabbing the NES controller and bringing that back to school with me and being like... like it's the NES controller is especially weird. It's a rectangle. It's a total rectangle, mm-hmm. sharp edges. Like there's nothing like plainly ergonomic about it at all. Um, there's two buttons. There's a D pad. There's a start and a select, and that's it. Um, the like the the console itself looks like a VHS like right. <laughs> player. Uh-huh. It doesn't not look like like a video game system. I think this is, this is before like the aesthetic around gaming. Like this is, this is like watching the first music videos where they're like, what do we do with this new format? Mm -hmm. Um, Even though there had been gaming systems before this and actually like the very first Nintendo system has just this nice like pill in the middle of it. It's, it's like, it's got like five games preloaded and there and it's just like this this little like orange extruded pill with a pill shape on the top of it but it, but the NES 
And I guess in Japan, it was the Super Famicom. So this, or no, no, this it was released the in the 80s. This, yeah, 80s. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, so I guess there's, there's the American one, and then there's also the Japanese one. Japanese ones looks wildly different. It's, <laughs> it's red, for one. The American one is just gray and black. Yeah, and it's got gold accents. Wow. Um, but yeah, I just... Like, we had the NES... You know, I have two older sisters. Okay. So we had the NES... And we had, so we had the controller and then we also had the gun for duck hunt. Oh yeah. <laughs> Great. I love, I do love the story of like, so if, I don't know if you know this, but duck hunt is on the same, um, cartridge as the first Mario game because they thought that it was like a throwaway game. Like they were like, these are two throwaway games. Like they're not worth. So you're gonna combine them together as like yeah. a, a package deal. Okay. This is what I remember from like, you know, my video game history learnings. And and so, yeah, they put these together and then like Super Mario ends up being wildly popular. Right. Cause Mario first showed up in Donkey Kong. Okay, that's that like game. a side character. Well, yeah, cause he's, he's the one rescuing the princess from Donkey Kong. Okay, got it. Um, but, but then I think at that point he was just known as like Jumpman <laughs> okay. or something. But anyway, so like, I, I just love that little tidbit. But I, I, I think like I came back to school with that controller because I was just like, beautiful. <laughs> I don't know if I thought it was beautiful, but I think like I had this conversation with, there's this eccentric, I've talked about him before. There's there's this eccentric professor at Virginia Tech, Bill Green. Okay. And he has those videos on YouTube where he talks about like brawn clocks and okay. stuff. But he, I remember him talking to me once and he was like, you know, it doesn't really have to be ergonomic. <laughs> like, you know, like, like he just basically going against like, oh, I love that. there was so much like human factors. Get him on the pod right now. Oh yeah. There was so much human factors teaching. And then like, you know, you see a controller like this and there's nothing about it. That's like this, maybe the, like the distance between, are you turning my volume down? Well, Am I blowing out the speakers. No. I, I realized we have, we've swapped mics. Oh, so we're a little bit. So weird. I'm going to be totally, no, just like, I'll fix it in post. Don't worry okay. So I don't know if the spacing has been determined at all by like comfort, but then yeah, like perfect rectangle. Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely not ergonomic. For no. Sure. And so like that kind of fell in line with this thing that Bill Green was saying, which was like, not everything really needs to be like designed for the hand, like in such an explicit way. It just has to like work. Well, here's an interesting critique or observation with this one specifically, because I don't know how long kids played with the mm. NES, like as in terms of like game length, right? Like I, I, may, maybe they did. I mean, I think I remember as a kid playing video games, like could play all day long at some point, but you know, with something as simple as Mario, did people play it and then play it again over and over? Sure. Maybe, maybe my points mute, but <laughs> my thought is that if you're not using it, all yeah. day long, maybe it doesn't have to be as ergonomic. The games weren't necessarily epic, but I mean, I think Super Mario is still a pretty lengthy game. The first Zelda game, yeah, it's pretty lengthy. Um, but in terms of design, let's just talk about the design itself. I would say like this is maybe like third or fourth tier mm. in terms of like an actual design. I think it has some iconic sort of moments. I think the controller is very iconic. I just think like 
as a system, as a designed object, like I don't think it's like as compared to all the, all the other consoles, it doesn't, it doesn't rank highly for me. Yeah. I would say C tier for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can, we should move on to the next one because then we have super Nintendo. You're not giving any love to the Sony's and, the Xbox. Well, no, because they're not around okay, yet. Okay, sure, I'm sure. talking, I'm going generation to generation. Okay, I'm ready. So next generation is Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Okay. So Super Nintendo is far, far more playful. And I actually, I really, I, I prefer the, um, the Japanese version, the Super Famicom, which is that one in the top left. I think that one is really nice. Uh, but the American version the is the one with the purple. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the two different tones of purple. That's actually like, yeah, that's like a re-release. Oh, the minis. One. Yeah, yeah, they, those did, are the they minis. did a mini uh, PlayStation 1 too. Yeah. But let's see. I think there there it is. There's the full size. It's right here. So, um, yeah, like the controller already. It's got is, curves on it is, now. Yeah. It, it's like these... You've got two, basically two circles connected. I do like that it's not like, it's not an exact pill. Right, there's it's a little like, cut at the bottom. Yeah, there's sort of a little cutout, almost a notch mm-hmm. in a way. But yeah, they use these purples in there, which I think is really interesting given that like, I think gaming at the time was probably pretty male dominated. Like, I don't know. I think these systems were intending to appeal to a family Mm. and maybe in the next generation, it's where like this sort of idea of like being a male dominated, like sort of consumer good comes in where like the aesthetics become a lot more like aggressive, aggressive. But yeah, I think Nintendo's always been more family oriented. Yeah. And I think they're trying, yeah, they are trying to appeal for sure to like a broader audience. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the purples are nice. I like the like monochromatic, like the the purples on um, the controller. It's weird because this the Game Boy. I had a Game Boy. Yeah, color, but like the original Game Boy has like these sort of is it like mauve or something like the con- the the color scheme is, is not what uniform. Is I need uniform. to study my color, James. I don't. It's like or like maroon or something. Is that a red? Uh. Yeah, you'll see. So like, oh yeah, it's like a purple reddish color. But they have it has this, as opposed to the the Super Nintendo or the NES, the the buttons on this one and the buttons on the Super Nintendo Don't are match. like they're at this like the cue is is that they're at an angle mm, from each other, right. and I think that that like there's something about ergonomics there. Yeah, your thumb moves at an angle. Yeah, that yeah. they're they're now considering they're now thinking about that's a good observation there i like that um but back to the super nintendo one detail that i think is really funny is like there's sort of this wavy pattern on the base like on the base of the system there's sort of this like wavy extrude okay um didn't that, realize like, that yeah, it's I just can, like I another sort of like very playful addition hmm. to the system interesting um, i think for this one, I think this is like, I still don't like love the design of this one. Okay. I think it's like, I think it's C tier. C tier. Okay. I'm going to go D tier on this guy. D tier. I think. Lower than NES. Yeah. I think the NES has a very kind of 
uh, honest, straightforward approach of right. being a box. This one was, let's try to throw some design elements on there, but it's a little bit haphazard of yeah. why and how. I think the controller, on the other hand, is like I think the controller is like B. Okay, are you gonna put? Are you gonna do split screens on the? I mean, controllers versus. Uh, <laughs> you got, you're putting your, a lot of editing work into this video. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But I I think the controller is like more successful than the system itself. Okay. Um, I agree. The controller is nicer. And then pop over to Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis is like the PlayStation of this era where it is like trying to be more aggressive they more probably had cooler games right well yeah i mean they had like they sort of had the more quote unquote mature games right. which is hilarious because like <laughs> the system graphics and everything like the you know you weren't going to get really yeah. super graphic content or anything they have gta <laughs> gta well gta i guess gta started on playstation okay. right i don't remember like the original ones where you're just overhead. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's like two, there's like almost, there's almost like two versions of the Sega Genesis. I think there's kind of two versions of almost every console, to be honest. Yeah. It feels like they do it and then they redo it. And then it, and then you come out with the next version. Right. It's almost like the, um, like, uh, iPhone, iPhone SE yeah. uh-huh. sort of thing. But yeah, I think we had, I think we had this one, like that was that was the first one that we had. So this this was the first system that was well after NES. I'm not gonna lie, James. Sega Genesis F tier. It looks like it. It looks <laughs> like a video game console from Wish.com. You know, <laughs> I don't like this at all. It's just black. You don't and like it? I mean, and just I don't know. Wait, can you go can you go up to the one that I said yeah. is the one I had? I think it's decent. Like I think I mean, I think it's probably it's still like C tier. I don't think it's like it, it's anything remarkable. The controller like everything is trying to get at this more sort of like aggressive mature kind right. of vibe versus black. that the Super Nintendo like they are literally trying to be as drastically dissimilar as possible. Mm-hmm. You've got Nintendo which is like light gray, purple, and Sega Genesis, which, which is like totally black. Right. Um, and I mean, I loved the Genesis. I loved all the Sonic games and everything. Like uh, the, and I think. Oh, I also played like a ton of Street Fighter on on Genesis on Genesis. But like, I think they were also they had like the six button controller. Oh, which, six buttons. Which was like great for fighting games because you know it was <laughs> mash more buttons at the same time. Yeah, it was like even though you have no clue how to how to control <laughs> it, you just mash as many buttons. I remember that. But yeah, I don't know Genesis. I like it. Just it felt like. I mean, I don't know if you remember the commercials. Probably not because no. you were way too young. But like, the commercials would literally be like the end of it would be like Sega. Like <laughs> that would. It was just all about being in your face. Um, but still, yeah, I think design wise, like the, the whole industry is not quite there yet. Right. But I think the next generation like is the generation, All right. which is PlayStation one. There we go. Now we get to some, my N64 and Sega Saturn. Although Sega Saturn is like a total snooze fest. I had one because obviously we were a Sega family for a little bit. 
but the Sega Saturn is like is like nothing to write home about. The games were pretty good, but Never the system itself <laughs> is like so boring. I think PlayStation One. Wait, can I give this one the critique? Okay, go ahead. So this this is my first one. So sorry, <laughs> I, I just got so excited about this. No, no, this is great. Um, wait, did you have a PlayStation or no? Um, yeah, so we were a PlayStation family. I remember. This is funny because I remember my dad getting the PlayStation, and I think we popped in. Um, actually, no, I think this is PlayStation Two, so maybe we'll save that story for the next round. But I will say, this is my first console. I loved it. I think I played a lot of like Tekken on it. Uh, I think also did Metal Gear was that on this one? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Metal Gear was like yeah, and I was like I don't know, probably should not have been playing Metal Gear <laughs> when I was this young. But um, yeah, I think PlayStation has a similar kind of boxy aesthetic to the NES, but you have that very round iconic shape on top of it where the CD goes mm-hmm. and you have the kind of uh, round buttons as well. And it just kind of popped up the lid popped up. You have an interesting controller on the PlayStation. You know, it's kind of this more handled controller, more ergonomic. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, to, it's hard to separate your nostalgia from the design, but I think from a design perspective, I would give this one a good B tier. I've I've actually I've actually thought about the PlayStation One a lot. Yeah. Like, I never had one. I had friends that had them, and I think at the time I was like I I had then switched to being a Nintendo boy. Okay. And getting an N sixty four, and so I was like all about cheering on <laughs> Nintendo and N sixty four, but. In retrospect, I think PlayStation One. I think for me that is an S. That's an S tier design. I think I. I think it's like totally iconic. Mm. I think there's. I love sort of like the constellation of circles that yeah. are happening on the front. I think like when we're talking about this like optimistic, idealistic future, like this to me feels like. It feels like an artifact from like a science fiction movie about, like a future gaming system. Okay. Like it feels, it feels not so futuristic that it's like totally outlandish, but it does, it still feels like it's pushing an aesthetic that like, you know, I don't know where it comes from, but it feels like it comes from the future to me. And I love the controller. The controller feels like there's, there's this very like rudimentary geometry, like it's calling back to the circles on mm. the system. Mm-hmm. There's like the two circles, there's the connection between, and then there's a hard edge to then coming out as like the handles. So you read those those circles and those edges before then you read the like the right. uh, the handle area. It's which not I blobby. Think is, you still get those circle callbacks. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really nice. And I think I think this system I see down here was one of the first ones to have. Like obviously the, the the N64 also has the joysticks, but I think PlayStation came out before N64 because oh, I I'm that. pretty it was a big sure thing, the analog joystick. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure the story is is that Nintendo was developing this system with Sony. I don't remember what happened, but okay. eventually Sony just decided to do it themselves rather than to like do it with Nintendo. And so, like, this was going to be a Nintendo system and ended up being a Sony system. Hmm. Um, but it's like the also best of both worlds, then. very first system to introduce CDs, as far as I know. I guess there was, like, Sega CD and things, but 
I mean, I remember just like PlayStation being a big deal with CDs. And I don't know if you remember this, but they had like the black, like the backs of were the black. the PlayStation discs were black. They right. weren't like the clear, shiny, yeah, yeah. shiny CDs. Um, yeah, I love the PlayStation ones as a design. This is not a uh, design thing, but I will call it out because I think it's a really interesting story. Um, PlayStation 1 had the pretty popular game, Crash Bandicoot, which I played a ton of. And it was, I think it was one of the first games that really pushed the graphics mm. of the industry. Yeah. Of course, you look back now, it's like crazy. It's like trash. <laughs> uh, but this is Trash Bandicoot? <laughs> trash Bandicoot. <laughs> um, I, there's a whole documentary on it, but it's it's interesting how the developers used the hardware in the PlayStation 1 and push it to its utmost limits, so much so that they had to essentially make the design of Crash Bandicoot a triangle mm. in order to push the rest of the game forward. And that's why Crash Bandicoot is this triangular shape. Oh, um, interesting. Th- yeah, there's a great documentary. I'm sure if you just look it up, like Crash Bandicoot documentary, you can find yeah. it. Um, I think I'll, I'll bump my uh, PlayStation 1 up to, to A tier. Okay, cool. I Yeah, I mean, I just, I think like, I think actually out of all the systems, I think it's it's one of the older ones that hold, still holds up. And then there's Nintendo 64, which like I still have affinity for. I I think it is it is interesting that like N64 and PlayStation have these dramatically different aesthetics. This one has the crazy controller, the three-prong controller. The Trident. Yeah. I I love, I love this controller. It's so bizarre and so weird. I feel like, you know, whereas PlayStation is drawing from sort of this, like this very like minimalist sort of aesthetic. Um, and also I love the PlayStation, like the icons for the buttons. Mm, triangle. Yeah. X, instead circle. of doing, obviously mm-hmm. doing like Letter, the A, letters. B, C. Um, but the Trident, I just love the fact that like you can sit your hand because like nobody ever used the D-pad. I don't know what the D-pad was <laughs> even for on the N64 controller, but sitting your hand in between the like sort of trident for the the tine for the it hugs your hand. It does hug your hand, and you can sort of like hold it loosely in there. Um, it it introduced the like trigger the yeah. z, the Z mm-hmm. on the back, um, but like I feel like. The Nintendo 64, the aesthetic is sort of this like, I've been trying to define, and maybe there's already a term for this, but there's this sort of like early 2000s aesthetic that I that I call like liquid mercury okay. or something. It's got a kind of swoosh, a little wave going on there. Yeah, it, the front. it does have this very like liquid-like aesthetic. Right. Um, feels kind of futuristic feels more dated now than the PlayStation mm-hmm. I would say but like I would say I don't know oh also N64 first system to have four controller ports like so you know multiplayer you was games. like huge for N64 Smash Brothers Smash Brothers right. Mario Kart GoldenEye yeah um and I just like I don't know. I think in terms of design, I think maybe I would put this maybe B, C tier. I think like somewhere in between. I really think 
I, I would put this C tier, but I want to say the controller bumps it up to B. Mm. So that's where I land on. Yeah, I mean, Super if, if nothing else, how weird that controller is definitely like makes it iconic. Yeah. Um, and so the next generation is... We're getting into some clear stuff now. Oh, yeah. We got clear plastic. Clear plastic. Clear plastic on this and the Game Boy Color. And then yeah. the Game Boy Advance also had clear plastic. I don't think we should get into the handhelds okay. because that's just going to be a whole <laughs> No, other. I was going to put Game Boy Color S tier. Okay. But well, we, we don't have to talk about it. S tier, Game Boy Advance, what would you put it? Honestly, you know, there are so many amazing Game Boys. It's so tough to really... To rank them all, I, yeah. I I also remember the flip one. Oh, that the flip one. That one maybe I think that's S tier. I never had one. I only had the color, but like, I had for a while. My grandmother was so into Game Boys that like almost every time a new Game Boy came out, I would get a new Game Boy because she would also get. Oh, that's. I feel like she got herself. A what did what was she play? That's she funny. played like Doctor Mario. I feel like okay. or Tetris or something, but um. But yeah, the next generation of consoles is you've got GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. The first, or, no, and Dreamcast. Oh, James, don't pull. You're always pulling the Sega in short, here. Short-lived Dreamcast. Put all the Sega in Listen, you've got you've to mention Dreamcast <laughs> because Dreamcast was the first of this lineup to come out. Totally wild aesthetic. I don't know what it looks like. The, okay, now I remember. The aesthetic of the Dreamcast wow, okay. is like the current aesthetic of Lexus. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's well, like... It's got a triangle shape. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just these... It's like very sharp. Um, very I pointy. remember seeing the controller and being like, whoa. Like that... It was... This seems like something that I feel like if I had a brother, <laughs> I would have hurt him with this <laughs> thing. <laughs> we would have gotten in a fight. But it um, blood, blood would have been spilled. I've I've like watched the 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 wonderful thing about uh, YouTube and the passionate people on YouTube is that there's like so many documentaries about just like you know like creator made documentaries about like game systems and their histories. Yeah. Um. But Dreamcast was like way ahead of its time and just kind of like just didn't make it. I forget all the reasons why it didn't end up it's, making it. It has a window on the controller? I have I've did you you had this one or no? I did not have this one. I had a friend. I had did you have one of those friends that like literally they were their they were their family was just like early adopters like they would just have the latest <laughs> and greatest of everything. You know, uh so I had a friend who had this and um yeah i just i i did love it there were a lot of great games for it but it just like this was sega's last hurrah yeah. and now it sega makes games for other right. consoles it is interesting about the dreamcast how it has it almost feels like it has all three uh platonic shapes mm. or all three it just has triangle circle square and oh, that's yeah. pretty much the only shapes that are used in this design. It's not even like they said, oh, let's do a rectangle or an oval. It's just, it's like only circles, only squares, only triangles. Yeah, that is interesting. I never, I never read it that way before. Um, I'm going to bump this one up. I'll give this one a D. 
a D. You you said F originally. Yeah, I what, what did I, I I put the other Sega one in F. I think I'll, I'll put this one in D. I for me, there there is like a lot of I don't know a lot of nostalgia. I think like a lot of sadness around like Sega as a company, <laughs> just like this being their last hurrah, and I, and it felt like such a blaze of glory. I I feel like Dreamcast is like a C for me. Okay, but um. Now you have GameCube up. Look at this bad boy. Oh my gosh. Oh, we love a good cube. It's not, a, it's not actually a cube, but. I know. I was thinking about it. It's, it is like, uh, aside from, there's one detail. Well, there's two details that break it out of the cube. Obviously, there's the handle on the back, but also the front where the, the controllers port in, it kind of arcs outward. So it like breaks out of the cube. I don't know for what reason other than like, maybe they're like, it's still, it feels too serious if it's a mm, complete cube. Interesting. Yeah. And so let's add this little bit of softness to the front right. where it's like, where more inviting. you're engaging the yeah. user. Um, again, you got four ports. Yeah. GameCube was big on that. Just like, or Nintendo's get big on that. Again, family oriented. Yeah. I'm not I mean, a big fan of this controller though. This controller has kind of some, some weird, shapes going on yeah the controller is a little weird i have i have heard people say that they think that this is like the ultimate controller uh of the controllers and i think a lot of them are like i, I don't know i don't know exactly why that is i don't know if it's the button layout i don't know if it's the ergonomics but yeah i do remember seeing this one and it's not as as opposed to the N64, I feel like that one's weird and welcoming. This one just kind of feels like it just kind of feels weird. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of tension between those two kind of bottom circular bits yeah. where it's those, like almost touching and not really. And then you get this gap in, <laughs> in between it. Those testicles should be touching. Yeah. yeah it's Yeah. It definitely has some unsettling vibes to it. <laughs> but the system itself is the cube is yeah. pretty nice. Um, I wonder if it's actually, it's, it's a cube it, from what, the top? 90 degrees. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know how, uh, it kind of reminds me of, um, the next mm -hmm. computer, right? Where Steve is like, actually it's one millimeter shorter on the back. So it looks like a cube or one millimeter longer. Mm. So it visually looks like a cube, but it's not actually a cube. So you're wondering if there's like visual trickery here yeah. to make it look more cube like, I mean, it's definitely uh, not tall as a tall enough to be a cube, but from a depth perspective, I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to take a look at it. My <laughs> <And> post, Allison, <laughs> Allison has a GameCube okay. at home, so I'll Get have the to calipers like, out. Yeah, but um, where, yeah, where are we ranking this one, James? I think, I mean, system alone, I think I'm gonna say B. Okay, B tier. I'm gonna say I think the cube is S, but I think the controller brings it down to A. Mm. I think as a whole, it's an A, A tier. Yeah, I could agree with that. I can see it as an A tier. And then PlayStation 2? Uh, did, or do you want to talk Xbox. about Xbox? Xbox is FFF, the first Xbox. <laughs> I mean, I, I think... Don't, I don't remember what it looks like. It's, uh, oh, it's, it's awful. Mm, right, I think, it's a giant X. I mean, yeah. oh, gosh. Well, now that I'm looking at it, it, it does almost feel like you could make that red and put a Supreme on it. Like there's something <laughs> sort of like hype beasty yeah. about it, that it's like this huge, that controller though is one of the worst controllers ever developed. Would, I, would agree. I don't like I that. remember just holding onto that thing and being like, this 
stinks. It's it's like it feels like uh, the PlayStation One controller has been eating too many potato chips and just got <laughs> really fat. <laughs> I the system now, looking at it, oh, I actually think it's kind of cool. Like, I was just thinking about it in my mind and remember seeing it and being like, that kind of stinks. I do remember <laughs> also that it's very big. Yeah. It's a very big system, but just looking at it on the screen. So the Xbox came out with the place. Was it Xbox versus PlayStation 1 or is it Xbox versus PlayStation, PlayStation 2? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so that's where, you know, you get like Halo first. Right. Halo game. Never. Yeah. Wasn't a big Xbox fan. Yeah. We were a PlayStation family. And... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this aesthetic either. It's a giant X. I mean, the the grilling on the side is nice. I mean, we can get well once we get the PlayStation Two, I can talk about that. But I I don't know. I I give Xbox. It's a C, but the the uh, controller brings it down to a D. So mm. I am actually gonna give the console itself a B. Because I, I do kind of like, right. you know, they're trying to make this huge statement. They're a new company right. entering into the console wars. So I think like the the console itself makes that statement successfully. I think the controller is just like, what it, what have you done? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but now we got to talk about PlayStation 2. How are we on time? I feel like we're gonna go on forever. Well, it's okay. I feel like I feel like we've probably whoever's listening now are are intently listening. <laughs> Whoever is not listening has like left long ago. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I I'm ready for this one. This was my this was my heyday of gaming. Uh-huh. This is my this was the console I used, PlayStation Two, baby. And it's just, it's so monolithic. It reminds me of Space Odyssey 2001. Um, and you get the grilling on the front. And I love how the grill has the buttons and everything integrated with it. So you have kind of this uh, CD tray that pops out of the grill. And it and when everything is closed, it's just this kind of uninterrupted grill. You know, you get these uninterrupted, uh, uninterrupted lines on the side, and I think it's just so clean and nice. Yeah. I'm going S tier. <laughs> for me... But I, I'm sure my nostalgia is kicking in there. So. Yeah, I think for me it's a B tier. Okay. I don't... I think, like, I I like everything you said about it. I I agree with everything you said about it. I, I like that sort of holistic approach to the design where everything feels integrated into, like sort of this detailing on the side, but in general as like a game system, as something that's like, I, I'm like seeing sitting there and like wanting to play, wanting mm. to use, like it doesn't really draw me in, in right. the same way as some of the other systems. I think like PlayStation one does that, but PlayStation two feels a little bit too austere or little something. Serious, yeah. So, and and uh but you know we weren't a playstation family i do like the stand like yeah. that that sort of that sort of like dark blue like whatever like that aqua blue or whatever it is like purplish i don't remember it's this kind of nice i don't remember those the stand per se but i do remember that you could place it vertically and yeah. the little logo you could flip 90 degrees oh you know so you could have it on its side and the logos you know, correct way. And then you flip it vertical and then you could twist the logo. Yeah. But I, um, and then the controller is great. The controller is basically like, 
it looks like the whatever the second gen PlayStation controller was where right. you have you know you've got they didn't, the yeah, joysticks they didn't, they didn't change it too much I'm yeah. sure they updated the, the surfacing a bit but but I, I think like yeah I think it's a B for me um, I also do want to give a callback because I think this was a uh, inspiration into Control Labs a little bit mm-hmm. you know? yeah um, we looked at gaming as kind of an inspiration for that product because it was partly aimed at gaming yeah and and gaming and development gaming was like especially in the vr world has Mm -hmm. been used at least the control schemes have been used as like a foundation for like how you're going to get adoption because i think you know vr did seem to target gamers right first Mm -hmm. um but I think like one of the things that we were thinking about with that sort of like using that sort of pattern around the outside edges of the of the control labs hub was that like even in VR you could sort of feel mm-hmm. like you it could sort of guide your thumb right. to the button. Right, with the grill, um, the grooves. Because it was a dev kit, which is why it had a button. Like obviously like the whole idea around control labs is to eventually be in sort <laughs> no of like <buttons>. a buttonless <laughs> universe but like they added buttons there for developers um to you know for them to use um x so next yeah what's next, next generation one? i don't xbox i don't know after this. okay xbox 360 360 i think is for me um an s tier i think like the I the controller I remember controller is great. That's not so that there's like two different Xbox 360s. The one that I remember playing a lot was like the white one, uh, that one. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I okay think it, yeah. It's still oh it, this is the era of like they release one and then they update it again. Yeah yeah. Right. So I think like the first the first Xbox 360 does have still have this that sort of like liquid mercury almost vibe to it. Right. Um, but that I do remember like before being a designer having that like I didn't have one but my friend had one and I remember f- the controller being like sort of in awe of the controller. And this was done by Astro Studio, right? Was, uh yeah, I yeah. think so. I think also minimal might have done something for the xbox for like the second iteration of it but i don't know Uh, Um, yeah the white the white one you know because it has it's the it's the classic box shape but you have that subtle swooping on the sides yeah which i think is is still telling the story of the x kind of idea of mm. like oh, there's still that motion there mm. but it's not as literal as the first one yeah so i gotta i gotta give props to that xbox because i get what's xbox 2 is that what it is uh xbox 360, 360 sorry yeah uh, uh, the xbox naming uh, conventions gonna... <laughs> are very strange what well, yeah what, do we get xbox 720 what happened well no, there goes 360 to xbox one. Oh, that's right um but I do. I'm gonna put an A tier though. Yeah, but I do think the first one, definitely the first one, was done by Astro, the 360. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to that one. But like, I that controller to me was just like it was so comfortable. I loved the like the feel of it. It had just like such a great look and feel to it. Mm-hmm. I think like they're using clear, but they're using it on the buttons. 
and doing this like layered effect. There's a of great the lettering. A lot of good CMF for oh, sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so like there there's something really elevated about this. It feels to me, it feels like that first PlayStation of like this inviting future uh, sort of vibe. Um, and yeah, I think the white helps with that too. I definitely, for me, this is an S. This is an S tier. Mm. Um, I just just think like all around, it was it was such a great console uh, design. And then PlayStation Three, I think might oh, be an, might be an F tier. Yeah, for me. <laughs> let me look. This one is the this is like the clamshell looking one, right? It's it's yeah, yeah. It's got it's pretty much. Just See, curve on the top, curve on the bottom. Yeah, the one I remember is like the super glossy, the shiny one. One, yeah. um, yeah, I just that yeah, that one. I think that was the launch one. This other one in the matte is not so bad, but that that gloss one I think is rough. Like, I think that that's there's yeah. I feel like there is this very big surface on top, and making it glossy with the logo there is. And then there's like some breaks there that it's almost like they didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like there's a big surface. Let's see what we can do with it. Whereas opposed to kind of the PlayStation two, you had the big flat surface on one side and you kind of kept it as is kept it monolithic. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's any sort of underlying like aspiration to like what the design yeah. is or, or just like an underlying theme. It just sort of feels lost i think i'm gonna have to agree with you on this one as much as i'm a playstation guy actually i never had this console but yeah i i think design wise it's it's it goes in f yeah, yeah it's it's pretty bad and then um nintendo uh nintendo wii wait what about the wii u no no wii u is after oh, the wii. okay okay now nintendo this was when i because i skipped the GameCube, PlayStation 2, Xbox era, and right. I went straight to the Wii. Okay. And I went to, I went to, <laughs> I camped out at a Walmart no overnight. Because <laughs> I, first of all, I, I had taken a year off after high school, so this was during that time, and I honestly had nothing better to do at that time specific time during the year <laughs> okay and so i decided like i'm just gonna go do this i'm just gonna go camp out i was a huge zelda fan i was like really eager to play the new zelda game and um so i camped out with a bunch of people overnight i'll never forget this and uh we had decided it was really cold i forget what time of year it was really cold outside we had decided to like write our names down on a list like we had all agreed we had like a constitutional convention okay, with the line. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. we just decided like, okay, you're in this order. You're here, you're here, you're here. And so we all were taking turns going back to our cars and like warming, warming up. up. Okay. And I, um, at the time I had a Jeep Wrangler. Okay. And so like, you know, we're doing that. Everything's working out great. The store opens like, uh, I get inside, get my Wii. I'm on my way back to my car. It's like, I don't know, like eight o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock okay. in the morning. And 
I had gotten like my muscle memory for the Jeep was like open car door and it had like, it didn't have like a button. Like I didn't have like a clicker lock. Okay. It had an, like a manual lock. Okay. So, so lock my muscle memory is just like open door, hit lock button, close door. Right. I get to my car and my car is locked. Oh no. From, and my keys are inside the car. Oh no. <laughs> And so, like, I had to and call. Cold, I had to call my sister to come and get me to like bring an extra set of keys. But got home, set up the Wii, and I will say, like, game gameplay wise, like, a very impressive execution on this concept. Because I like, right. I was still kind of skeptical, but all the reports around it was like, this is actually like really great. It was fun. It was a very fun thing to play. Like for playing sure. Zelda on this thing, I was just like one of the best, like some of the most fun like gaming I'd ever done. I mean, Nintendo has always kind of pushed the boundaries of like game mechanics and like how you interact with it. Yeah. And definitely with the Wii, with all the motion going on. I mean, I remember going over and playing with my, you know, my friend had one and yeah, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. It was de- definitely a very different experience than a traditional console game. Yeah, but this it, it definitely felt like Nintendo was saying we're not competing with right. PlayStation and Xbox. We're in a league of our own. Yeah. like we're doing something different, which is definitely worth applauding. Yeah, for sure. Well, and something that we didn't mention about the GameCube, what like the GameCube is a small system. One of the reasons that it's so small is because they decided to go with this mini disc format mm. at, rather than like PlayStation and Xbox had like regular sized discs and also had like DVD players with like PlayStation 2, Xbox 360. GameCube is like not going that way. And people at the time were like, what, what are you doing? But like, I think the Wii sort of makes it clear, like they're about gaming, pure and simple, like, right we're going to just like work on the mechanics of gaming and like how to appeal to like sort of a broader audience than sort of PlayStation and Xbox, which is like starting to appeal solely to like gamers gamers. Right. Um, but yeah, I just remember having like tons of fun with aesthetically family aesthetically. Not great. Not great. (laughs) Not great. I mean the controllers like the, the controller for the Wii kind of looks like, it kind of looks like a remote control yeah. for your TV. It's vertical. It's but a different. different it setup. was a very comfortable controller. That and I love the like the nunchuck mm-hmm. attachment, which had like the, the joystick, the joystick on it. But yeah, in terms of like, it's it's again like sort of maybe too austere. Like the the system itself just doesn't feel very welcoming. It's uh, it tried to be a monolith, but it's not a monolith. Yeah. And it's also not, it doesn't fit the vibe either. Yeah. The stand gives it like this angle to it, Mm -hmm. which I don't know why, like, why not just make it like, is that the playful aspect? Maybe. And also like maybe usability, like walking up to it. It's like at an angle rather than straight on, but yeah, not, not the best. I'll Um, I'll put this one in, in C. Yeah. I would say C as well. And then the Wii U was sort of like weird stepchild very weird i think what they were trying to do was basically make a like a a large size nintendo ds to have like the dual screen thing mm-hmm. but you have a screen on your controller and then your tv screen but i mean in terms of design i think it's like decent but it's like it's almost not 
a system. Like it, it does feel like this weird in between. Cause I don't remember there being like specific games for the Wii U yeah. that were significant. Um, but I don't know, like the design itself is not terrible, but it is like after this amazing, like doing the Wii, right. Then they do this, this, the Wii U and it feels yeah. like, a successful experiment followed by a failed experiment, <laughs> but at least they're still experimenting. Um, but then what else we got? Is there any, we got, well, we've got the next round of Xbox, which is, I think it's the Xbox one. Now, some of these, I mean, I feel like now in the modern era, we're getting kind of, um, we could do like rapid fire rounds here. Yeah. I think, at this point, the oh yeah, I think the controller again, like the controllers on the Xbox, I think are like the best. Yeah, they've taken the the, the crown as yeah. controllers for sure. And the the system itself, I think like I think it's A. I think it's you know it's yeah, I'll give it A to minimal. A I wonder if um minimally minimal, Andrew Kim because he worked he worked on I'm pretty sure he worked on Xbox at Microsoft. Okay. I can I, see him doing this one. I don't know if I don't know if he was in a position to like call the shots at that point in his, in his career, but it does feel it does feel pretty minimally minimal. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point we're starting to get into like modern kind of design where things have matured to the point where okay, we we all like a really simple box. Really, it's a simple kind of clean way to go. Fits with your decor. I mean, so that I think kind of fits in with that. And then is do we also have the Xbox One Xbox One S? Is that kind of in this era too? Uh, is there an S? Maybe the white one was the S. Oh, with the circle. Or the one that's like a vertical one. That the, the that's problem, the next. Oh, the X. That's the next. Okay, um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Version. Um, we have PlayStation Four. Oh wait, where do we put the Xbox A tier? Uh, I would put it A. Then there's PlayStation Four, which is like not it's pretty nice not offensive <laughs> i think right. like it's it sort of has this this cut angle to the front of it like uh, i don't know how else you would describe it it's like i'm going s tier on this guy you're going s well i think here's my here's my here's my um theory on this one is this one the the three stack is what the one i really like oh yeah with the angle i again calling back to our control apps uh, conversation but um i think it has this kind of minimal aesthetic that the xbox was going for where it's just super rectilinear and plain but i love the extra detail of the stack and the angle and i think it gives it just enough of character and you know what it, obviously it's a very kind of stark gamer aesthetic but for for what it's going for i think it nails it yeah yeah, I think it's nice. I think it's like, I think for me, I think it's an A. I think too, it's like as as we've reached this point in mature game consoles, it's just kind of, it almost feels like the same point of your phone where it's like, okay, we know what it's going to be. It's going right. to be a simple box and it's hard to really strike up a really interesting design. Totally. But of course, we, oh, can, yeah. we can still do it <laughs> as we've all seen with the 5. PlayStation 5. The, like one of the most controversial consoles of you know yeah, recent man. memory. 
And I mean, I know we we had a, I'm sure we had an episode on it already, but I got to say the hump with the CD, it really brings it down a lot. Yeah. The regular, the like the, the standard version without the CD, I think is like pretty successful. Mm-hmm. It does look like one of those, I feel like somebody posted it looked like some sort of Wi-Fi router. Wi-Fi router or fan. Yeah. Like I feel like there's Dyson. a fan that kind of looks like that. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. I think there's some really cool details on it. Like the, um, the pattern, there's like a micro pattern, a micro pattern yeah. on it. That's like the X triangle square circle. I believe that's on the controllers, right? Or is, is that it, on the I console? I think it's on the console. It might be on both. Um, yeah, I will say that I like that micro pattern detail. I think that's a really and the controller itself is like is is kind of it's interesting. It's like I mean, all of it is very much making a statement. It's like, very alien. This one feels very alien. This one kind of feels like uh, I don't know. It, it feels like what Xbox One should have been. Mm, in my yeah. opinion, yeah, because it's got some swooshing things to it. It feels very like alien Xboxy. Xbox always felt alien to me. I don't know why. Yeah, but but it feels it feels like some sort of like teleportation device or something. Like it does. Did I say Xbox One? I think I meant original. The original yeah. Xbox. Yeah, that's <laughs> the Xbox. <laughs> Rest in peace, Xbox. Is like cheese. Uh, but yeah, no. There's like I don't know. There's some. There's something about. It. I don't love the aesthetic. I think for me, it's like a B in that I appreciate what they were trying to do right. and like what they were going for. I think the controller is like very interesting, but I think overall would I love to look at that every day? Not really. Yeah. It's also very large. Yeah. I'm going to go C on this guy. Yeah. And then, um, what else and, we got? And Ex- then, there's there's another Xbox. <laughs> Gosh, Xbox, get your naming right. We can't even oh, yeah, Google it. Series X. This is what I was thinking of. The yeah. big vertical box. Yeah. Which is it feels like a refrigerator. I gotta say, I love this one. <laughs> I, I just I I love the pattern on top. Well, you know, it's a, it's just a monolith, and then it, you have this perfect hole pattern on top with the green undertone. So when you look at it at an angle, you see green glowing. Yeah. And. I don't know. I think it's just beautiful. I mean, I'm going to put this one up on the S. I don't like this one. <laughs> I think for me, it's like a C tier, maybe even a D. I I do love that detail on the top. Right. I think proportionally, it feels like, I mean, maybe because the convention of gaming systems is sort of like these rectangle proportions, and here they're going for this, like, this square extrusion. Uh, but I think the Series S, I think that's an S tier. Right. For so me. that that one is the one with the white and then the black. Because that that one feels like that feels like modern art. Like I'll, I, I'll put that one I, in S tier too. That I feel like too. that one on its side, sort of like facing toward you with that with that black circle in the middle of the white rectangle face. Like I think that's a beautiful little piece of like home decor as well as a system. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the 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 extrude square of the X, like that's something that I just kind of want to like have off to the side. Like I don't want to present it really. Okay. I just like want to have it kind of hidden. Um, I think the detail on the S makes it 
makes it more home decor somehow. I I think you convinced me. I'll I'll knock my uh, big black box down to A tier. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the the box part of it, I I think maybe you're right. Like it is a little bit too uh, bulky, but I really love that whole detail at the top. So yeah. that's why it's so far up there. Yeah. Um, it's cool. The whole detail is very cool. And yeah, the white one with the the black circle. I was also gonna say A uh, A tier, but I like your analogy of modern art, so I'll bump it up to S. Nice. And then finally, the, Ninte- the Nintendo Switch. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So I mean, the Nintendo Switch. I think. I feel like that's like the culmination of all the past Nintendo's put into right. one. You know. And so like yes, the Switch. I feel like they took what didn't work on the Wii U. Right. And they, and this is like what the Wii U should have been. Yeah. Um, I think, like, it's it's hard because there's so many elements to this design. There's the dock, there's the tablet, then there's the controllers, then the, like then there's like the add-ons to the controllers to either make it like one one continuous controller or like the two separate sort of nunchuck controllers. Right. It's a very modular system. I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts. The funniest thing about the switch to me is that like it is like everybody, everybody had somebody in their class or they, maybe they did it themselves that had this exact same idea in college. (laughs) Like, and, and it's just like, that's such a, like, I remember people having it and being like, that's so ridiculous. Like, why would you have like a one-off thing like that? But I think because it's Nintendo and because they're also creating the gaming software, like they're, they're doing this beautiful marriage of like this really unique functionality with like, uh, for like the system where they're designing the games and the gameplay to work beautifully with the hardware. So it's just like that whole experience makes this concept worthwhile yeah like otherwise if some random person came out with this concept you'd just be like who cares like yeah they but, have all the legacy and all the trial and error to achieve this and do it successfully yeah um i think i mean i think it's a very cute system design wise yeah that's an interesting question i think it's but design wise, I think I, I, the functionality is really interesting. I think all the bits and bobs, like maybe it's, maybe it's a B, but honestly, like I don't necessarily love the aesthetic right. of this. I think the dock, especially like if you have one, it, it feels very cheap. It feels like an afterthought. The to logo's, the system. logo's kind of big. Yeah. Lie. It's, it's just like not. It's not great. I think the controllers are nice, although like with my gargantuan hands, like I get arthritis if I play this for too long. So I need to get some like goofy silicone like or <laughs> oh, you got like, add-ons to you like, I well, I'm going to need to. Um, but like I I think the controller and I like the little there's something very playful and cute about when it's all in this, like slid into that um, single controller sort of unit Yeah, where it kind of looks like a dog or something. Like it, it reminds me of Neapolitan ice cream. You got oh, red yeah. on one side, <laughs> blue on the other. Um, but the, the DS, uh, I think it's the, or the switch. Is it the switch light? 
that one's nice. It's just like one continuous system without controllers that you can pull out. So basically like Nintendo's no longer making like the Nintendo DS systems or any sort of Game Boy systems. This is essentially just like they always owned the mobile market and now they've just like, they've just consolidated into one system. Yeah, it makes sense. I feel like because there was, there there probably was a bifurcation because of just power Mm -hmm. constraints. And now that we don't, you don't, you can pack a powerful microchip in anything now. It's like, why not make it all in one? Yeah. Yeah, design-wise, I mean, I I think concept-wise, it feels like everything led up to this beautiful concept of it's this portable, but also, you know, home at home gaming system and it also has the whole you know family element too you can slide the controls around concept wise i gotta say s tier aesthetically i think it brings it down to b i think yeah that's where i'm at too yeah i think actually the light you know being that it's not modular it kind of makes it a better aesthetic Mm, to me right because it feels more holistic yeah like even just like the coloring I I don't love the like the blue and red and and like the colors that were chosen for the system and even the gray one just kind of looks drab like there's not really I don't think the color choices on it were that elegant mm. oh yeah now there's like sort of the the LCD version which is white which is kind of nice but it because it's modular I feel like it's very hard to make a modular system like feel cohesive and yeah especially in tech i mean obviously there's all kinds of different yeah but yeah so that was a that was a long episode (laughs) but it was a fun one i enjoyed this one yeah i yeah i hope i hope we still have people listening (laughs) very niche topic let's listen to industrial designers and gaming consoles you gotta like both of those things to listen to this episode yeah um but I don't know. It's it's interesting because I don't know where consoles are going from here. Because like, yeah, I just don't know where Nintendo's going to go next. I don't know. Like, I mean, it feels like gaming on PC is probably on the rise. It'd be interesting to look at actual like stats of that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we were talking before the podcast. We got VR like coming into the we scene. We both had a we both had the experience of like skipping a generation of consoles because we were probably like computer gaming at that point. Yeah. Um, cause I was like, or I just, had an iMac and I was playing Diablo two very happily did not need a system. Right. Rokos Tycoon Minecraft for me. Yeah. So like I, yeah, I wonder what the next generation will be. It feels like, do you remember that, um, system that Eves Bahar, like fuse project worked on that was sort of like a flop but it was like that Oya thing. I don't remember that one. You don't remember that? Oh, so we also we, didn't talk about the Game Sphere. Game Sphere? Yeah, you don't know the Game Wait, Sphere, James? Do I not remember? <laughs> Let me see it. The Game Sphere? No. What is this? This is a callback to Drake and Josh episode. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you remember this one. It's just a classic. Gotta say, Game Sphere put that thing right up into S tier. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh the USB hardware one? Oh yeah, there's a O U Y A. It was like I think O U Y A. There it is. Oh, interesting. Never seen this. Was it a concept? So the the it got I think it was a Kickstarter 
thing and and I don't remember what ended up happening. I think they did ship some units. I think there was criticism that the controller was like awful and but like the the whole premise of the system was more of like I think it was a streaming mm, console. Streaming games, yeah, yeah. Cause it 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 does Oh, it's it very starting, small. It, it is really starting small. to feel like do we really need the consoles to be so big anymore? Because like a lot of this content either like on the Switch, you can, you know, on, on most systems you can download games. Right. Like does it really need to be this huge thing or could it be much smaller? And then it's all about like the control system. Yeah. Um, and then of course, like the VR element, I, it's still hard to say like how much I think gamers probably would be open to adopting VR, but I think that there's still this love of like controller t television screen. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it does feel like VR is probably the next step, but it also feels like, like why have such a big console anymore? Is that necessary or could it just, could it just be about the control scheme? Yeah. You're making the dust designers cry over here. James. <laughs> just like, we want a nice object in our home. It Even if it's, it useless. could still be like, it could, it's still, there still needs to be something. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and like, you know, could it be something that's like even more blended into an environment or like just like a small puck? Like, you know, it could yeah. be whatever, but um, I'm just very interested to see where gaming goes from here. But at the same time, uh, like I was talking about DK oldies on, or did I talk about that on like one of the other episodes? I don't know what DK Oldies is, James. DK, DK Oldies <laughs> is this Instagram page that I'm in, like in love with right oh, now. Oh, okay. You have not talked about it's this. It's like a retro gaming store and they they post like three videos a day. They have like I I shouted them out on my own story as being like I think they're one of the best social teams right now of just like quality Instagram content. Yeah, it's it's definitely like eye candy. Nostalgia yeah. candy for sure. And so they like a lot of what they do is I mean they sell so they sell retro games and systems. They also repair retro systems. Like I didn't know that all the uh Game Boy games had batteries in them. Like like and well, so the, button batteries to yeah, keep the, to keep the game safe. I guess so. Yeah, and yeah. so like you know, they'll show themselves like repairing systems. You must repairing. not have had a clear cartridge, James. I did, but I don't, I was Either not inquisitive okay. enough to yeah, be like, right. Oh, what's that battery doing? But, um, but yeah, it seems like there's still this big market for like retro games and retro systems. James, I forgot one thing. What? We got to put the Game Boy Color camera <laughs> S tier <laughs> and printer. Just shout that out. <laughs> well, there's, I think that, uh, there's like original Game Boy had a camera and printer as well. Oh, I had that. It was like the best thing ever. You took pic you took pictures and what were you what were you taking pictures of? I don't it know, just Legos and <laughs> you know, making silly faces. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. just perfect. It was just the perfect thing. Just I mean, cool Game thing. Boy Game Boy and the like handheld consoles, that's like a whole other topic. Stay tuned for next week. I do <laughs> I do remember the Game Boy just being like when I had a Game Boy and then when the Game Boy Pocket came out, just being like blown away at how small oh, and yeah. slim it was. Yeah. And then the Game Boy Color, like I don't know. I mean, obviously Nintendo owned that market. I guess PlayStation got into it with the like the 
PSPs. Yeah. Which I never, never had one of those, never had one of those, but, um, yeah, all that stuff. But it is, again, it is interesting that like, even though like these systems are long gone, like there's still a market and a craving for like old electronics because like, it's tactile. It's like nostalgic. It's, I don't know. There is something to it. And I even think teenage engineering with the new, um, play date, play date or panic made by panic. You know, it kind of hints at that of like, let's bring this tactileness back. I mean, also you have yeah, Kano on, you know, the, the MP3 player side of things, bringing mm-hmm. back music players and yeah, they've teased some projectors and stuff. So it's like, it's interesting. Are we in an age of, resurgence of tactile tech yeah i mean that'd be a beautiful thing you know Hmm. yeah i mean that's cool and i think like also the like i feel like the the gameplay there's still so many like there's indie companies that are making games to try and like emulate the look and feel of like of the retro aesthetic yeah because Mm -hmm. like regardless of where like uh like like graphics are at this point, like, you know, how realistic things have gotten. There's still like, if, if the gameplay is inherently solid, then it's going to be fun. Yeah. Like it's still going to be fun. Although it's hard sometimes to play. I feel like it's especially hard to play like old N64 and like PlayStation one games because like you're getting into 3d and it's just like (laughs) so bad. Whereas like, if you, if you play like, genesis or super nintendo games like it's still those like 8-bit graphics that like they're like their own art form at this point right they didn't have to worry about doing 3d they just had to focus on making a good game yeah Yeah. and so like there's i think those games maybe hold up a little bit better because like i don't i don't have any strong affinity i don't know who who does for like low poly, like <laughs> the like really bad like PlayStation One graphics? But I mean, there's some cool ones. There's there. probably some <laughs> some love out there for it. But anyway, that's my vibe. That's my era. That's. <laughs> uh, but anyway, cool man. Yeah, good app. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do handheld ones at some point in the future. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> give we us. Finally we gotta, got it. We have to give that. us a rest here. That was a long episode. That was a long episode. Uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, as always, you know, I think we still want to do a, a full question episode. So if you have a question, send that in and we'll compile them all together for one big episode at some point. Um, and yeah, as always, I'm Nick. I'm James. Peace. Later. <laughs>